Welcome to Compassion Radio 360. Honey, it's 360 time, end of the week. It's time for us to look at the world as it really is. And those interesting articles that seem to have nothing to do with the Christian life. But, you know, when you read it, God pings your heart a little bit. Those lessons can be learned and they can be shared. And that's why we got this platform, Compassion Radio, to share it with you folks. We've got a great article today. Honey, welcome to the microphone. Thank you. It's always good to be here. We have for our listeners today an article about... Stress, Mm. as if there's not enough stress in the world. (laughs) But the twist on this, of course, was the title. Coining a term here, that seems a little bit odd. So why don't you go ahead and set up the article for us? Okay. The article is called, Stress Laxation is Real. Science explains why it happens and how to get past it. So we've all experienced this, I'm confident, of trying to relax, of laying down at night to go to bed, or just kicking your feet up and thinking, oh, it's time to relax. Mm -hmm. And your mind will not stop moving. I think a lot of us have been in that place or we're just so tired we can't think anymore, but our body keeps moving. Yeah. And then you get anxious about your relaxation. And so that, hence the term, relaxation-induced anxiety is shown to happen to between 30 and 50% of the people who try to do relaxing things. Relaxation-induced stress. Exactly. Okay. So just committing yourself to try to relax has exactly the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. All right, let's read some of that article. It came from Fast Company. And of course, if you would like to read the source articles that inspired the discussion and the scripture we're going to read from today, it's always on the website at our Compassion Radio podcast. Just click on the link within that podcast to see where we found this article. Well, the article starts out saying, have you ever tried to relax only <laughs> to find yourself overwhelmed with feeling stressed and having negative thoughts? Well, it turns out a lot of us experience this, which is why the term has been coined stress laxation. Even though stress laxation is a new term, it describes relaxation-induced anxiety, which has been studied for years, apparently. So when 30 to 50% of the population is experiencing this, that's a big chunk of people. Which tells me that it can't be an acute thing where it's so disabling that people can't function. They're noticing something that is a undercurrent. Mm -hmm. Some people may be completely disabled with anxiety induced by their circumstances and not being able to cope with what might happen if they stop. Mm -hmm. Other folks just have this unease as they go along. So my guess is that most of us are in that camp. Some experience severe symptoms even as like a rapid heartbeat, Mm -hmm. sweating profusely, just feeling a panic. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a thing that people are experiencing and it can be debilitating to some, it seems. Now this is paradoxical given that you're experiencing stress (laughs) in the very moment that you're trying to de-stress your life. What you just said is like an oxymoron already. Trying to relax. (laughs) Relax is supposed to be something that happens when you just let go. Yeah, I mean, it's a vicious cycle. It continues to turn over in your mind. Why can't I relax? Why can't I relax? I should be relaxing. I'm going to do this. Then the panic comes or the negative emotions and the anger and all of the frustration. By the end of this time, you're more worn out and exhausted than you were before you even started trying to relax. Okay. So there are big issues with this. We've talked about mental health so many times on Compassion Radio that it needs to be said again, I suppose, but it's not something that people can just get over. You don't just stop being stressed or stop being frustrated with yourself because you can't relax. My experience and just the kind of things we've had to deal with with Compassion Radio in the past few years, it was already stressful enough for us as a ministry engaging with issues of human rights 
religious persecution, political freedoms, those kind of things. And then along comes all the other stuff that ramped up in the past four years. Since I've been in this chair doing this broadcast, we've entered into wars, we've had pandemics. All those things have erupted since I've joined this radio mm. program as the host. Yeah. So it's my baseline, and I feel the stress myself. I won't deny that fact for sure. So I've had to focus on this a few times myself. What am I doing in this job? Why am I doing it? Is it worth continuing to do? Are people hearing it? Mm. When the politics change and society's habits change, the pandemics change, the way people actually travel and work or don't work, right. do I have an audience anymore? Most of the people that listen to this program, since it's been a morning broadcast primarily, would be on their way to work. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, they weren't. They were staying home. They weren't necessarily tuning in on their car radio to listen to Compassion Radio. So we've had to think hard. Are we in the right place? Are we doing the right thing? So that's kind of the stuff just for our work-related stress that's been working our minds over for the past couple of years. Well, honey, turns out that's a great thing that you're doing right now, actually admitting that there is difficulty in relaxation, Mm. that you're having trouble with it. Because many people are not willing to admit that they can't relax Mm. or that they're struggling to relax. You know, it sounds weird to say, oh, hey, I can't relax. I can't turn my brain off for a few minutes and just get some solitude. But that's actually happening. And one of the Mm. biggest factors in that is not being able to admit or acknowledge or even verbalize that there is an issue for you, that you're having difficulty in this or that you have stress issues. Mm. That sounds silly to me because I can't imagine a person other than possibly a newborn that doesn't have stress in their life right now. If you're thinking, you probably have some kind of stress because you have to deal with what that thought implies or could potentially cause in your life. I Mm -hmm. mean, there's, there's not a thought you have where you have to make a decision or an opinion about something where it's not going to demand something of you. Mm-hmm. You can't just walk through life just floating in a cloud all the right, time. Right. Although there are plenty of times where we've had those experiences, maybe young when we're in love or something, where just being in the moment is beautiful. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be anywhere else. When a newborn is in your arms and you're sharing in the peace of the newborn, mm-hmm. their safety seems to be pouring over you too. Like you couldn't be in a more important place than holding right. this child. Many of us have been parents and grandparents will understand that. Everything else gets pushed away just by nature of the moment you're in. Mm-hmm. And there's peace there. And then that wave of, now what? Mm. How am I going to care for this child? What will this child experience? <laughs> will I be enough to provide for this child? All those things start crowding in again. Yeah. So for those moments, peace washes back all of those waves. And then when that peace leaves us or we choose to let it go, the waves come crashing in again. That's one example I can think of. Yeah. Well, pretending a problem doesn't exist doesn't make it go away. We know that to be truth. If we are able to acknowledge that there's a problem, that Mm -hmm. there is something that's blocking our ability to relax, Mm -hmm. then perhaps we can address that problem, address the issue at hand instead of just denying that it's there, maybe write it down. Journaling helps a lot of times. I am sporadic about journaling, but I know that when I do and I keep track of the things that are going through my mind, the thoughts, the emotions, negative and positive, the situations I'm in, the events that I'm part of in life, when I keep track of those things, it seems like getting it out of my brain, through my arm, I use actual paper and pencil or pen. (laughs) It helps de-stress. It helps remove the process of trying to figure things out just in my brain. So I think that's a good option for us. It brings to mind again that wonderful allegory that so many Christians have read in so many different faith traditions called 
hinds feet in high places. Mm -hmm. It is an allegory in that it's supposed to happen within a bubble where this adventure takes place almost like a dream. One of my favorite books. And that little girl named Miss Much Afraid, she lives to that name. Mm -hmm. And yet she feels called where the the shepherd says, come up to the high places. And she thinks that's impossible. It cannot be done because she's infirm. Her feet are hobbled. Maybe she's clubfoot or something at the beginning of this novel. But she decides to try. And as she goes along, she does not have a journal to write in. There's no evidence of there even being a written language in the story. So the only hallmarks that she could look back on that could inspire a memory of something good that happened is a collection of rocks. And the shepherd has told her every time she learns a lesson, pick up a stone from the place you were in and carry it with you. And that is her physical record or her physical reckoning or re-knowing of something she experienced in the past. And by the end of that novel, she does. She dumps out that bag of rocks because the shepherd has one big lesson to teach her about all the things she went through. Mm -hmm. And she builds an altar. She builds an altar. The words she used for me are those rocks. This is her testimony because she has to tell the story of what she went through during her difficult journey. We have those rocks in our lives too. Mm -hmm. I really believe we do. Often they feel like they're just a bag of rocks on our back, mm-hmm. weighing us down. We want to be able to anchor those things somewhere else other than on our own shoulders. And the progress of Christian in Pilgrim's Progress, a fantastic and amazing book, mm-hmm. was written you know 400 years ago, that is still a classic for Christian reading because it gives an allegory about going to the cross with a heavy burden. Mm-hmm. When he finally reaches the cross... He's somehow released of the burden, and he lays it at the foot of the cross as an offering Mm -hmm. on that altar, and he's suddenly free. Not free to do whatever he wants. He's free from the burden of the guilt of sin. Mm -hmm. So the specific things that relate to the burden he's carrying are addressed. The problem is taken care of in that story, but the problem was not the burden. The problem was his inability to release it. Mm And that, for me, is a powerful, powerful message that we're still having to learn through all of our generations. I think the allegory of Heinz Feet in High Places reminds me also that as she picked up these remembrance stones Mm -hmm. along her journey, just by carrying these things, it strengthened her body as well. Because she had to exercise more to carry them. Exactly. And as she comes to the Good Shepherd at the end of the story, able to build an altar and leave those stones there, she doesn't need them anymore. She is able to release them to the shepherd. As we walk through life and we carry these remembrance stones and the re-knowing, as you put it, It helps us in some ways to cope with our emotions overwhelming us. But at some point, if we don't lay these things down, we'll get stuck in a rut. We'll bury ourselves in a hole. When you're in denial, your body continues to send stress hormones. I'm denying that I really lost this person. Can't believe that situation happened. I'm just not going to face it. The job is lost. And you continue to deny, and it can bury you in the stress hormones. The memory never leaves. Mm -mm. The question is, what is going to carry that memory, and whether the memory can be unpacked appropriately and can be dealt with in a way that is transformative. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to get transformed by stress, but not of your own will. Mm -hmm. The stress itself is going to take its toll on your body because the mind will not engage. And the spirit's not engaging much either if Mm -hmm. we're really denying things Mm -hmm. because we can't grow spiritually, I believe this, when we're lying to ourselves. God can say all the truth he wants to to us, but if we're unwilling to accept truth, we're lying to ourselves. We're calling God a liar Mm. because his truth is not good enough for us. So if we're going to be calling God a liar, what's the alternative? Well, it's going to be the father of lies, really. 
And lies, I think, are the biggest thing that induce stress in us, Mm. that it all depends on us, that it's all going to fall apart unless I dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. All on you. You carry the burden. If you don't do this right, you fail and everybody else suffers. Right. Friends, we're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. I personally met with dozens of refugees and kingdom workers who ran to the front lines of need and have selflessly given of themselves completely, thoroughly, and as I saw, to the point of indescribable exhaustion. I saw refugee and servant alike shiver in a vicious blizzard that struck the first week of March. They were very much alike in one important way. They were absolutely determined to survive this ordeal and to redeem what their lives have become. We need to follow their example. Will you help us today? We have blankets and food to buy, tanks to fill with gas, and medicine to help them survive the days ahead. This need is not going away anytime soon. Friends, really, we need you now to step up. Please give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or give online at CompassionRadio.com. And you can text Serve Ukraine, that's one word, to 53445 to make a gift right now through your phone. And make sure to let your friends know about that option, too. And now, back to our discussion. If you don't do this right, you fail and everybody else suffers. Right. Those are ways those things keep compounding. And like any interest in a bank or any interest in debt, it keeps compounding if the debt is not paid or the deposits are not made. Mm -hmm. So do we want to be free of debts to our bodies? Do we want to be free of those debts? I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to actually do, like you say, a confession. We have to say, this is really where we are. Yeah. We need to start thinking outside of the box, thinking of things that don't necessarily make sense about relieving stress for us. At the beginning. At the beginning, yeah. yeah. When, we, when we make the point of acknowledging the stress and decide that denial is not working for us anymore, we acknowledge the stress, we begin to write down the emotions that go with those things that come from acknowledging the stress. Right. And then we want to come up with some kind of activity or something that will help us pursue relaxation. Some people use meditation, some people use exercise, yoga, some people use music. Whatever you use or have used that isn't working for you, think of something else to do. Learning a new hobby or skill or, you know. That requires something of you that's positive. Yes, yes. Don't let it stress you out to yeah. learn a new well, hobby. there's going to be two kinds of stress. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the aspiration itself says, but for this momentary pain, there's this glory set before me to speak biblically about it. I think there's plenty to be said for, I want to become good at this. And therefore, you make the commitment to learn, to go to school, to apprentice, to spend time. And they say that you can master pretty much any skill in the world in about 10,000 hours of application. I mean, they've actually said across all kinds of skill sets, whether it's mechanical, physical, or mental, and knowledge-based, if you will take the time to apply yourself, you will perfect your skill set and therefore become a professional, someone who actually could make a living at this or be the best in the field if you want it to be. Yeah, you take a census of the things you really potentially could do 
And then you look at the things you want to do Mm -hmm. and you aspire to that and you apply yourself. That may be stressful in the pursuit of that, but it is not the kind of stress we're talking about. Mm -hmm. The stress we're talking about are the things that seem completely out of our control or beyond our abilities or outside the scope of the things we ever wanted for ourselves. I know for me, sometimes when I'm trying to relax, especially at night, going to bed, many women will identify with this. Our mind just doesn't turn off. It just continues to grow through the day. Things that I got done or left undone or need to do tomorrow. I'm not great at this, but the thing that has helped me to turn that off in my brain is to make a list the night before I go mm-hmm. to bed yep. about the things that I didn't get done that day that need to get done the next day. And then letting the piece of paper carry the burden for you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then in the morning when I get up, while I'm having my coffee, prioritize the list. Yeah. That's a good way to let our minds let go of those things that crowd in when we're trying to relax. They say that OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder, disorder is the operative phrase here. It's not just concentrating on something. It's concentrating to the point of destructive behavior Mm -hmm. of the mind or of the body. OCD is really a re-remembering too frequently. Hmm. It's not trusting your memory. It's wanting to keep replaying this thing because you're afraid you're going to forget. And somewhere in your mind, your psyche, way back in there, is this fear that if I don't remember this, I will forget it completely. I'll mess up. OCD people in general are fearful, even if they don't admit it, but they're also working very hard to control their circumstances or their own fears. A lot of us fall toward that camp of being obsessive or prone to that in times where that stress starts building and the mind keeps replaying those things because it's trying to avoid. Mm -hmm. Now, there are people that are going into dementia that have the same obsessive problem because they're worried about forgetting. Their mind knows that things are going away, And they're trying not to let that happen, even if they're not consciously aware of it. They're actually working very hard to try to remember, but it can become destructive as well. Mm -hmm. So that compounds the problem even worse about age-related memory issues. Mm -hmm. So this is a multi-layered thing we're talking about here. I know we can't solve the thing psychologically. We can't solve it even medically or professionally because we're talking about things that we're just experiencing here that we're not professionals in addressing. But we are, at least I would hope, honey, somewhat proficient in discussing what God has to say about these things and how the Word of God can involve itself in our hearts if we'll let it, and to redirect our focus on the things that are possible. Mm -hmm. And for the things that seem impossible to us, if we turn to God, Jesus says, with man, all things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Whatever we see at the beginning does not mean that God sees it the same way, or that God does not have an answer that's outside the scope of the things we've allowed ourselves to consider up to that point, or that's outside the capabilities of us to follow him. Because he told us to follow him into peace, to follow him into obedience, to follow him into all these things that seem impossible at Mm -hmm. first, especially for people who have never lived a life in pursuit of holiness. He cleans us in order that what we do is acceptable to him, not because of anything we did to perfect it, but because God himself is perfection and he welcomes us into him. Mm -hmm. So that's what we want to turn to. Now, is there any other way we can deal with stress laxation? this oxymoron, this paradox of entering into (laughs) relaxation and being stressed out about it. Does God's word have something to say about it? So let's go to chapter 11 of Matthew. Yeah. We know that God's word has something to say about it. We believe that God's word is our template for living. And the truth. And the truth. So Matthew 11, starting in verse 28, Jesus says, Are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine, learn my ways, and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, 
easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. One of the things in that article that it said is one of the stressors for us is when we focus on a passion of ours, Mm -hmm. when we focus on a hobby that we love to do, what is our motivation for doing it? Is it because it actually is something that we love to do that relaxes us? Or is it a way to get recognition from other people? And I love that Jesus says, I'm humble and easy to please. That's a great phrase, and it's something you probably don't hear a whole lot mm-hmm. when you look at the way things are preached, the way we think we've been taught, the Bible tells us. Mm-hmm. God is hard to please. We are sinners. We're falling short all the time. God's condemning us unless Jesus rescues us. That's the beginning place that we say everything is built on that, mm. and therefore our response to that has to be built upon that set of facts. Well, that's stressful in itself. Well, you would think. But those things are objectively true in a context, like if we're disobedient and running from God, the word says our sins already condemn us. God doesn't need to condemn us. We're already throwing ourselves on the court saying, you know, so what? We're sinners. We don't care. That will drag us down forever, I believe. But it's not what God is saying to us. Mm-hmm. It's what we are in our lives saying to ourselves. So God is not the accuser here. And if Jesus himself is saying to us, I am easy to please. That's a big statement because he's standing for the Father, Mm -hmm. and he's not afraid to say that. Well, we know that in John, it says, whatever the Father says, that's what I'm saying to you. Mm -hmm. Jesus tells his followers over and over. If you've heard me, you've heard the Father. If you've heard me, you've heard the Father. So when Jesus says, I'm gentle, I'm humble, and I'm easy to please, that's the Father. Mm -hmm. He's speaking on behalf of the Father. We can take such great comfort in that. We can use that to our benefit, knowing that, hey, I don't have to please God. I don't have to please anybody because he's already said, I'm easy to please. He's already pleased with me because I'm his child. And if we feel like God is not pleased with us, we can invite him into the conversation here and say, what do you think about this? Not what do I fear you think, but what do you really think? This verse here gives us a lot of courage to say, you know what? I don't think, based on that scripture, God's going to crush me Mm -hmm. for approaching him. Now, another way of reading this in the voice translation says, Put my yoke on your shoulders. It might appear heavy at first, but it is perfectly fitted to your curves. Mm -hmm. Whatever load we have that comes from him, whatever burden he places on us or asks us, Would you take this up for me? Will not be a disaster. Yeah. It's not going to be something that's going to crush us or that drives us in the ground or destroys our knees or mm-hmm. muddles our mind. What he puts on our shoulders is right. Mm-hmm. And so if he says, I'm not going to drag you down or destroy you, then what is he putting a burden on us for? I think putting the burden on us for the things that matter, mm. the things that he's already doing. He says, if I pull, you pull, but you're not pulling any harder than I am. I'm the one with the real strength here. In fact, I can steer this whole thing. Do you want to pull with me or not? Mm-hmm. It's an invitation to step into something that God is going to do because God wants to do it. Mm-hmm. It's already his passion. So we're stepping into the things that are his passion and we'll find the joy that he finds in doing the things he does. Yeah. Another great scripture is from Psalm 116, verse 7. It says, Now I can say to myself and to all, relax and rest, be confident and serene, for the Lord rewards fully those who simply trust him. Mm-hmm. Trusting him can be an exercise in stress, in difficulty, if you have those issues of trusting others. But a simple trust in God, paired with the verses that we just read in Matthew about his humility, his gentleness, and his pleasure in us, 
we can trust that. We can trust the truth about who God says he is through the voice of Jesus in Matthew, and then go back to the scripture in Psalms and say, I can rest and relax. I can be confident and serene knowing that the Lord is rewarding me for that trust in him. Back to Matthew 11. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. When you are yoked to me, mm-hmm. your weary souls will find rest. Mm-hmm. He's inviting us to step up to say, I don't want burdens that are not mine. I don't want burdens that are somebody else's. I don't want burdens that you don't intend for me to have, Lord. Mm-hmm. I don't want burdens. But if I'm going to have a burden or something that weighs on me, moves my heart, stresses my muscles, and makes me exercise so I get stronger, if I'm going to have any of that kind of burden... I want it to be yours. Mm -hmm. And if we ask him to put his burden on us, we're pulling with him. And how do you know how God moves? Well, you get in the harness and figure out which way he's moving. It becomes instinctual at that point. You know which way the furrow's going to go. You know how deep the plow is going to go. You know all these things because you're involved. I'm not talking about joining in a mission movement or suddenly deciding you're called to the ministry and spending the rest of your life becoming a pastor, unless God says that explicitly to you. You really are called to this. But whatever it is, whatever you're doing right now, if we say yes to his kind of burden, those kind of burdens are easy and light on our soul. In fact, our soul will actually bubble up with joy. They'll be rested. They'll wake up the next morning at peace, mm-hmm. not worrying about who you are or what you're about or who your God is, because we said yes to him. That seems to me to be the big stress releaser and also brings relaxation back because we're resting in him. Mm-hmm. We know he's got the whole world in his hands. Why not join that world? <laughs> In the way that God intended for us to join it, to be engaged with all those things around us and not hate it. We hate sin. We hate evil. Those things are natural and they're things that are the burden of a soul who really is attuned to God. But that does not mean that we live destructively Mm -hmm. in relationships or physically or in the world. We're not going postal all the time. We are committed to the ways of peace because he is. Mm-hmm. Find out how God pulls and pull with him. He's inviting you, friends, to join him in that work wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And that is our word for you today on Compassion Radio 360. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next Monday. We're busy right now helping with immediate needs in Ukraine. Help us help them today with your gift. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com.